Are you a parent in business that wants to learn digital marketing the right way? So you've got an amazing business and you want to shout it from the rooftops. You want everyone to know about it and you want to generate consistent revenue. You love the idea of your business working for you whilst you are busy making memories with your family. The one thing stopping you is digital marketing. From SEO to blogging, from creating your own digital courses to creating podcasts that parents will love. My Bumped Baby has the solution. We have launched our Digital Marketing Academy and it is designed for parent-focused business owners to grow and scale their business with ease. Our academy can be accessed from anywhere on any device, which means as a busy parent in business, you can learn on the go with our bite-sized straight-to-the-point videos. Join us today by visiting the link below and have seven-day free trial on us to see if the area is right for you. Click the link under this podcast to start benefiting today and access our training right away. We look forward to seeing you in there and teaching you everything you need to know about digital marketing for parent-focused businesses. Hello and welcome to my Bump to Baby Expert podcast, where we bring experts from all over the UK to answer your questions on everything pregnancy to preschool. Today is all about the baby bedtime routine and we are joined by special guest and child sleep specialist Lauren Peacock from littlesleepstars.com. Today, I am joined by Lauren Peacock, Child Sleep Specialist. Hi, Lauren. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Yes, it's lovely to have you on here. So today, we're going to be talking about um, the baby sleep bedtime routine. How important is a bedtime routine for baby sleep? So a bedtime routine for a baby or a child at any age really those younger children is super super important and it's also super easy so it's a really easy and nice way of creating a very positive run into bed and to help in a little one to settle to sleep well and to sleep well thereafter one of the main reasons for that and the thing to always remember is babies and young children cannot tell the time so we might go to bed based on, oh, it's 10 o'clock or it's, you know, whatever time we would typically go to bed. And little ones don't do that. They're driven a lot more by what time it feels like. So by having a simple and positive and consistent bedtime routine, it really helps to cue children for what is coming next to start that wind down and to really start to gear themselves towards sleep. The other aspect to consider is that the consistency around a bedtime routine brings security. It allows children to ground and to anchor ahead of 
sleep, which is actually a huge period of separation for them from their primary caregivers, even if they're not sleeping alone in their own room or anything like that. Those chunks of sleep mean that they are away um, from, from the contact that they, um, they they might have with us. So the bedtime routine really allows them to anchor to us, to connect and to ready themselves for, for that sleep separation. Excellent. Thank you for that. When should a parent start introducing a bedtime routine? At what age? So I would say it's never too early for a bedtime routine and it's also never too late to to introduce one and feel the benefits of it. So I would say typically from as young as two to three weeks is a great time to implement a very simple bedtime routine. Is a bedtime routine going to help a three week old to sleep? Realistically, no, it isn't. But if we commit to the same steps in the same order, and we do that every day, sooner or later, a baby is going to start associating that with what comes next. And the earlier we start that, the the earlier that that realization is is going to happen, or that association is going to happen. Similarly, if we if you're listening to this and you have an 18 month old or a two year old and bedtime is a bit of a nightmare and there isn't really a routine there it's never too late to introduce a bedtime routine and to start to bring that structure and that calmness to to the running to bed excellent excellent and is there a particular time that you recommend starting a bedtime routine so I would always say to be baby led um, and to, to follow a baby's cues. Now we're looking at ideally getting a baby into bed when they are tired, um, but before they are overtired, because anybody who has tried to put an overtired baby to bed will know that that is a little bit like herding cats. It's not an easy, uh, an easy task at all. So we're looking for a bedtime routine really for, for babies and young children to be about 30 to 40 minutes before we want them to start the process of falling asleep. So being guided by baby, having a look at when they are naturally falling asleep because some families might be starting a bedtime routine at 6 30 because they've read that a seven o'clock bedtime is is age appropriate for their child if their child isn't falling asleep until 8 30 then it would make sense to start from where you are and to track back from there and maybe start the bedtime routine round about in, in that scenario 7 45 7 50 um, something like that so you can be working towards 30 to 40 minutes after you start and then a little one is beginning the process of falling asleep now that said children young children and babies are typically natural larks which means that their body clock manifests towards waking quite early for the day typically between six and seven is natural for most babies and that leads to their consolidated period of sleep their overnight sleep also starting in the early evening it's as we go through adolescence that typically we make a shift from being a lark to being more of an owl uh, chronotype which means that we want to start sleeping in in the morning we don't want to be up between six and seven and we would like to to go to bed later so we have to be guided by what is natural for, for our individual child rather than what might suit us to be their ideal routine sometimes babies are flexible 
and they could be on the nine nine type schedule but for most little ones um it being down for the night somewhere between six and eight is going to be a more natural bedtime for them perfect thank you for that and lauren what is the perfect routine so what does the perfect bedtime routine look like uh, so this is probably a bit of a politician's answer but it's the routine that's perfect for your child um yeah. so there are kind of some um I was going to say non-negotiables, nothing around sleep is, is non-negotiable really, but there are some elements that typically will, will suit all children. But in terms of the steps within a bedtime routine, it's really about well, what needs to get done for a start, but also what does our child like and find um, calming and soothing in the running to bed. So for some children, having a bath is a great part of a bedtime routine. For other children, actually, it works better to bath them earlier in the day. So there's no kind of non-negotiable elements from a bedtime routine. I, I would say in terms of the things to, to really try to work towards length, as we've just mentioned, 30 to 40 minutes. If it goes on much longer than that, it stops being about the run into bed um, rather than being links in the chain things in the bedtime routine become activities in their own right so the bath is a great example of this i would say for, for a baby five minutes in the bath for a slightly older child 10 minutes is that's probably a ballpark rather than being in the bath for half an hour something like that so keeping keeping it on track 30 to 40 minutes um, I would say that the flow of the bedtime routine is really important as well. So I would always advise parents to go from the living area, downstairs, wherever that may be, to the bathroom, complete everything that needs doing in the bathroom, and then move to the room where the child will be sleeping um, with no detours in between and particularly not going back to the daytime area, which a little one will associate with fun and bright lights and rather than um, the running to bed. Lots of little ones, um, if they are tired when they come out of the bath um, and they might be crying at that point, something that is sometimes called bed begging, um, it makes sense to get them dressed in the bathroom so that at the point you go um, through to the room where they will be sleeping, that's when you can have it low light, calm, and, and the mood changes at that point. Um, and that's where the real wind down to sleep will kind of kick in. Keeping the lights down low will help little ones to start producing or to ramp up their production of melatonin, the hormone that helps them to wind down and to feel sleepy so spending some time in dimmed light in their room cuddles stories feeding whatever it, it, it is that needs to happen at the back end of the routine and um, doing that with, with low light will help and if possible i would say to have one parent dealing with things from the point you go into the child's room and that's about that stimulation point if there's two parents or there's parents in and out little ones will be going oh well, what's that what's going on what's daddy going to do what's mummy doing and rather than really winding down and calming and anchoring they're just starting to go the other way the really really important point about a bedtime routine 
is that it's very consistent. The same steps in the same order. Now this can be mind-numbingly boring for parents at, at different stages. If you have had a toddler, um, you will know that they go through phases of wanting the same story every night for weeks on end. And for us, we think, do you not want a little bit of variety in your life um, but for little ones it's because they do crave predictability they like knowing what's going to happen when you turn the page and they like knowing what's coming and and if we think about that actually that makes a lot of sense because we make a lot of decisions for ourselves as adults we have quite a lot of control over our own destiny and little ones don't life happens to them a lot of the time so having things very predictable and very consistent helps them to feel secure in that run into bed and i would keep it consistent down to saying good night to the same three things in the same order um, it might be mummy daddy the pet dog it might be the moon the stars um, the streets, you know, it, it can be anything. It doesn't, I mean, it could be anything at all. Um, but it's about the process. It's about a little one knowing, okay, this happens and then this happens and then this happens. And when they're right about that, they, they tend to feel quite calm, quite anchored and quite secure. So all of that would culminate then in little one being ready for sleep and then falling asleep in whatever way is is working for an individual family so a bedtime routine does not have to culminate in a child getting into their own bed and falling asleep there it can culminate in a child nursing to sleep being rocked to sleep held to sleep whatever the falling asleep process looks like for, for that individual child is absolutely fantastic as long as it's working for, for that child and that family. So the bedtime routine is about getting to that point consistently. Excellent. Excellent answers. I didn't know any of that. So thank you so much. Um, and what age would a baby typically start to sleep through, Lauren? Oh, that that's the million dollar question and mm -hmm. it really depends a lot on the definition of sleeping through so actually what we tend to see with with young babies pre about four months is that typically initially they wake very frequently they feed very frequently but then as they go from about six weeks onwards they typically tend to start taking one consolidated chunk or one longer chunk of sleep in 24 hours and once they've established when night is and when day is that will typically be at night so it's not uncommon and I work with loads of babies who by 10, 11, 12 weeks might be sleeping for one chunk overnight of six, seven or even eight hours. And, and eight hours at that age for most families feels like an absolute sleep through because they might be doing that from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. as an example. Now, that feels great from a parental sleep point of view um, but actually it's the point at which little ones are most vulnerable um, to SIDS or when the, the peak of SIDS um, actually happens and that's because babies when they're little they don't cycle through sleep they're either awake or they're very 
deeply asleep. And so as that longer chunk of very deep sleep stretches out, um, that's why the SIDS risk does creep up um, in, in that window. So then it all changes around about the four month mark, which people call a regression because baby might go from sleeping in this big chunk to waking up very frequently, maybe two, three, four times a night, maybe as frequently as every hour. And understandably, that feels like things have gone backwards. They haven't. They've actually leapt forwards. Babies are no longer sleeping like teeny tiny newborns. They're sleeping more like the rest of us. They're cycling through lighter sleep periodically. Great from a safe sleep point of view because they are periodically checking in with themselves, their temperature, um, whether they have a need to be met. Um, and that it's an inevitable progression. It's not a regression, it's a progression in how they sleep. But normally, more frequent waking becomes a feature. Now, sleeping through is a complete misnomer, really, because it suggests that babies don't wake. Babies who sleep through don't wake, and they do. All babies, all humans wake in the night. It's just that some babies will resettle those inevitable wakes without help and others won't. And that feels like the difference between a baby who sleeps through and doesn't. So a lot comes down to temperament and whether a baby is naturally a signaler um, or a settler. Um, and that's a, a term used by Lindsay Hookway um, to describe the difference between babies who seem to transition through sleep cycles really easily and without any help and others who wake very frequently. And then once they're awake, go, mommy, daddy, I'm awake. Come and, come and help me back to sleep. So it feels like some babies just just have that ability more naturally than others um, it's not normally anything that a parent has done differently it's not that one baby is a good baby and one baby isn't or one parent is a good parent and the other parent isn't that there's a massive element of just a child's natural relationship with sleep so if we've got a little one who post four months is waking two or three or four times in the night and they are looking for the same or similar help to they had to fall asleep at bedtime, whether that is being patted, whether it's being nursed, whatever it may be, that baby is not broken. That baby has just made an inevitable progression in how they sleep and they are sleeping on a biologically normal pattern and if a parent wants to move that on because maybe they have an older baby who is feeding very frequently through the night maybe the daytime intake of milk is dropping off or mum's going back to work and it just doesn't feel sustainable anymore then working on how that little one is able to fall asleep is often the key to them being able to resettle um, some or all of those inevitable wake-ups when they come. For a little one who is waking very, very frequently, and it might be every hour, we always want to check if everything else is, is in order for them. Are they physically comfortable? Um, are they 
um, definitely not hungry? Are they um, well rested in the sense of not being overtired? And um, if all of those things are, are stacking up and baby is still waking super frequently, then that can be a driver for a family to work on um, enabling their little one to make those sleep transitions um, without help at, at every one of them and a little bit more independently and therefore to be able to take those longer chunks of sleep. So that's a really long way of answering what was um, a, a very common question. It's not a simple question because when a baby will sleep through um, is a lot to do with their individual biology, their temperament and their natural relationship with sleep. I have known babies as young as four months and um, I, I worked recently with four month old twins who were very able to go through the night with no feed even at that age I worked with babies of eight months nine months ten months who have a genuine need um, for for night feeds so it, it really does move around and one thing to to always remember is that night feeds in the first year particularly are biologically normal and they're very very common how a baby sleeps is only a, a problem an issue if it's not working for an individual family if a family is happy with their sleep situation it matters not whether their baby is waking more frequently, less frequently than the rest of their antenatal group or their friend's sister's baby or whatever, whatever it may be. The question is always, is this sleep situation bringing us as a family the rest that we need? And if the answer to that is no, there are, there are ways of gently working, working with that. Um, but if you have a baby who doesn't sleep through, in inverted commas, and the rest of your antenatal group's uh, babies are, that's not anything that a family is doing wrong um, it's likely down to a, a difference in a child's natural relationship with sleep excellent wow thanks lauren that is um lots of information there uh, for parents to use so tell parents um a bit more about what you do and where they can find you if they do need the support so I can be found over at Little Sleep Stars. Um, you can find us at www.littlesleepstars.com or over on Facebook and Instagram. So I work with children right from birth up to the age of six. Um, I work remotely with parents um, rather than going in and being hands-on with little ones. And what I do is really equip parents with the tools, the confidence, um, the strategies and, and everything that they need to make informed decisions about how to turn around their sleep situation. So that might be working on helping a child sleep beyond 5am. That's a really common issue at the moment. Um, transitioning a little one into their own room whatever it may be um, so I work as I say with babies with toddlers with slightly older children to help them fulfill their sleep potential and to improve sleep in a way that is gentle that is holistic um, and that doesn't feel like an ordeal for, for anybody involved and that's me and that's where you can find me Excellent, excellent. And anyone who wants to find Lauren, we will have the show notes um, on, on this subject as well. So you'll just be able to click the link and make contact with her directly. 
Thank you for listening to my Bump to Babies expert podcast. If you would like to find help and support from experts in your local area, head over to www.mybumptobaby.com and you will also be able to find local pregnancy to preschool groups, classes, businesses and services in your local area. Wondering what's on in your local area? Come and join our weekly newsletter where we share the classes and groups that are on in your local area. From pregnancy to preschool, we have you covered. Click the link below this podcast to receive your newsletter each week, every Sunday, so you know what's on and you can plan your week ahead.